prophetic, but maybe have never moved in the prophetic. And it really pushes people out of their comfort zones. And we've run that course here twice in the last year and a half. And it's been quite incredible how, you've, how we've seen people grow in the prophetic and actually take risks. Now, one of our elders, he joined the group, him and his wife joined the group. And he was like, I'm not sure about this prophetic thing. And as weeks went on, he started to take risks. He started to hear from God in a different way and give testimonies. And his wife, actually, from never having given prophetic words, she told us that she'd gone to Mars and Spencer's one day. She'd been standing in the queue, and she felt the Lord gave her work for someone in the, the queue. So real boldness has come from it. And people are prepared to take risks and speak to people just in everyday situations and um, give them words to encourage them. So apart from the fire starters, we have another group that go out once a month. It's called Stop for the One. And again, it's a, an opportunity to to bless the community and to use your prophetic gifting or whatever gifts that you have, gift, if you've got a gift of healing or compassion or whatever, it's just a wonderful opportunity. Thank you. And that's uh, sort of moving towards my, my next question is, how have you seen the prophetic impact the community round and about? Um, might be interesting if you just talk about the red carpet and the oh, shopping centre yeah. part of that. Well, last Christmas, the team are always really eager to think of something different that will attract people in the community to them rather than people just walking past. So last year, we got a red carpet with all the, the gold trims and the rope that goes down the side of it. And for the Christmas outreach, went to the centre. And they stood there, they had two, two people in the dark coats and the jackets who were standing at the side. And people got to say, what's happening? And they said, we're waiting for celebrities, we're waiting for very important people to come. Oh, who are you waiting for? And they would say, you, would you like to walk down the red carpet? And people started to walk down this red carpet. And from being probably having, you know, a darkness over them, as they started to walk, they just started to shine. And by the time they got to the end, everybody cheering them, they were just glowing. And this went on for, I think they were in the centre for two hours. And everybody was wanting to do that. So it was a real blessing for people who don't feel any worth in the community. And they walked down the red carpet to people cheering them on. And something must have lifted in them. Yeah. Um, that's really kind of a, a declaration of identity. We were speaking yeah. affirming words and things like that yeah. as people were going down. Yeah, so we saw some clips of that. We didn't participate. We saw some clips afterwards. And it was very powerful and effective. And uh, sort of different ways, Stop for the One, yeah. any reports out to yeah. Stop for the One? Yeah. Well, Stop for the One, this is interesting because on a Saturday morning, once a month, a team go out, and they do probably what some of you are familiar with, treasure hunts. So I'll just give you an example of what happened on one of the ones I went out. To go on a treasure hunt, you go in little teams of three, and each person prays individually and asks the Lord, who do you want me to speak to today? Would you tell me what they're wearing or what they look like? Then where will I find them? And third thing is, so what's their situation? What do you want me to speak into their lives? So a few months ago, I went with a team from Bethel. We've never done this before, yet it really comes from Bethel, the treasure hunt. And I had asked the Lord, okay, Lord, who, who am I looking for? 
And he said, you're looking for a, a tall woman, which is very specific, with long hair and with a limp. Okay. Uh, where will I find her, Lord? Go to one of the bridges, and it's the one with the two lampposts, one in each end of it. There's lots of bridges in Westerhaven, so I was thinking, will I find this? And I said, so what's the situation here? And I felt he said, this lady that you're going to meet, she's grieving, she's bereaved, and she's really very sad. So we went out with the team, we found the bridge with the two lampposts, and just as I'm standing with the thing, okay, two lampposts, this lady with long hair and a limp came round the corner. <laughs> and I recognised her from the food bank. So I said, oh, hi, how are you doing? And she said, oh, I'm not doing so good. She said, um, my best friend died and I'm really very sad. So I commiserated with her and I said, would you like me to pray for you? Oh, she said, that would be wonderful. So I stood and I prayed with her and she cried a bit. And then a couple of weeks later, she came to the food bank and she crocheted me a beautiful blanket. So she brought that in and she said, oh, you really helped me, you know, when you prayed and I'm so sad. So that's just one example. For all the teams that go out, there's half a dozen different examples of people they found that were the treasures and how God has ministered to them, just from listening to that prophetic word about the situations. Thank you. You have a, a, an outreach cafe or a... Yes. Uh, Serving the community through yep. a cafe, anything sort yep. of how the professor might be working in that to bless people and impact the community. Well, we do have a community cafe, and it's open on a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And we have we have quite a lot of people who come in from the community who have drug and alcohol problems, who are really struggling, terrible lives. So, um, a couple of us did dream interpretation. So on a Thursday, we'd set up a table and we would have our signs, prayer for healing, dream interpretation, and whatever. And lots of the guys who come in would come and sit at our table. And this was a real challenge. You really had to have a lot of compassion. Because some of them would come, they'd obviously be taking drugs before they got there, and they would be sitting saying, will you interpret my dream? We'd say, yeah, we'll try. And it would be nightmarish dreams that were results of drugs and demonic stuff. We'd be like, okay, Lord, we need your compassion, your heart for this person. And there was one young man who used to come every week. He would come and have his nightmares interpreted. And they were horrific. I mean, by the time we finished, I was quaking. Like, this is just horrid. But we would flip it and we would just say, with as much compassion as we had, look, maybe it's the drugs or... Maybe you need to change a wee bit of your lifestyle, what you're doing, what you're watching on TV, and stop the horror films. <laughs> and we would let's pray for him. And we just pray blessing and pray light into him. And this went on for months and months and months, always the same stories. And then he disappeared, and he didn't come back, say, for about six months. And he came back, and he said, I just came to tell you I'm sorted. He said, off all the stuff. And things are working out great. Mm. It's amazing. We had no idea. We weren't praying. Well, we were praying with faith, but we weren't expecting transformation like that. So I think sometimes we we should really pray with a lot more expectation and prophesying, you know, as we meet with people. And we're blessed here because there are lots of opportunities to speak life and speak words of life into people. And um, yeah, so. That was quite a transformation, yeah.
That's excellent, Angie. And what comes to, to me out of that is it's like just little things and little ways, beautiful ways, the Lord touches people. You know, like myself and Angela, we're chemists, so we deal with atoms and molecules. So everything big is made of things little. And that really is a powerful principle to keep in mind in the, the life of the kingdom, that little things we do contribute to build big things. So whilst yesterday we were looking at some big picture things, it's actually built through lots of little little things, little touches, little releases of kind words with a prophetic edge on them, and, you know, ministering love through just you know, just a simple word but the Lord is filling it. So and we've been delighted to see how that's working in this church powerfully over the years and you know many people are getting touched and changed. So um, Angie, could I ask, would you pray all the different congregations represented here that, that we could say this, this flow of the Lord, this, this flow of revelation to touch and heal and transform people would just increase? Father, we just bless you for the way that you impact the community here and the way you flow and the power that it brings to people's lives and the light that it brings in. And Lord, I would release that same power and anointing to each and every church represented here, that everybody would leave here and go with the revelation that sometimes even in the tiniest situations where we just be a word of kindness that's come from you, Lord, that there would be transformation. I pray for an increase, Lord, in the revelation in every situation that people here find themselves in and that it would impact the church, that it would go from just being one tiny ripple to a complete wave, Lord, to a tsunami, actually, a tsunami of your power impacting lives in every church and every community represented here, that we would see your kingdom come in power through that prophetic flow. We know the power of your word, Lord. We know the power of prophecy to bring transformation. It's done it in our own lives, Lord, and we just ask that you would use each one of us to bring transformation to our communities and to people within our congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. Excellent, thank Thank you very much. Really, Angela is a key facilitator of a lot of that, but, uh, but there is a powerful prophetic grace on the whole church, which is very rich and very excellent. So if you would like to get into groups of four, or maybe five, um, and if you can, just sort of mix up churches or where you're from, and then we get a mix. So we've got some questions coming up on the screen. Yeah, we'll go for groups of five, and then we're going to have some of our sort of some of the team in, in the different groups. So, if we go into groups of five. We want to be addressing these questions. I've got the glasses on. Discussion groups. <laughs> okay, consider examples in your experience where you have seen the prophetic build effectively. So where you've seen genuine good results. Like Jesus said, you know, many, many will say to me on that day, you know, I prophesied and we even did miracles and Jesus said, I never knew you. And he said, it's the fruit which matters. It's the fruit which matters. So where have we seen, not 
can be through us, what we've seen in other people, what we've seen happening in our church, other contexts, but where have we seen the prophetic working and there's been genuine good fruit, people loving Jesus more, people getting saved, people getting healed, churches moving together, churches moving on, you know, we want to make it quite wide-ranging, but where have you seen the, the prophetic do a building job and do it effectively, where there's genuine good fruit of Christ? So keep it keep it positive, yeah. Because often prophetic can go, you know, in an unhelpful, negative, even critical, judgmental direction. We're not wanting that. But where you've seen, you know, sweet fruit of Christ resulting, that's what we're looking for. Um, and then out of that, after you kick that around a bit. So somebody will need to facilitate, maybe the leaders can facilitate this and, and just listen and, and collate. Uh, identify three key aspects of what and how the prophetic builds. And if you can get some support in scriptures, that would be excellent. Um, what and how the prophetic builds.